Hi there, thanks for joining us today. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright and this is our podcast for College Catholics. This past year, on December 31st, 2022, Pope Benedict XVI died. He was Pope from April 2005 to February 2013. He was a very special Pope to me because I providentially had the very unique chance to be in Rome at St. Peter's Square the day he was elected Pope. So he will always have a very special place in my heart. And this is the way this happened. In 2003 and 2004, our community of Miles Christi in Michigan had arranged a pilgrimage to Rome each year, and they planned to do one also for 2005. The idea was that a group of lay people would fly to Rome and there meet one of our priests or brothers from our community there in Italy who could speak English, and he would guide their pilgrimage. So the trip was uh, planned for April 2005. However, around October 04, the Medes Christi brother who would have led the pilgrimage had to travel to Argentina, and there was no one else to lead the trip who could speak English there in Italy. So our superior asked me if I would like to go with the pilgrimage, to which, of course, I said yes. And uh, the Pope at the time was John Paul II, and I was really excited to get a chance to see the Pope in person again, because I had seen him several years before. As the weeks went by, however, John Paul II got weaker and weaker, and he was eventually hospitalized. And at the beginning of April 2005, as I was beginning to get ready to travel to Rome, Pope John Paul II died. And then came a period of mourning in the Vatican, and only then the process of organizing the conclave which would elect the new pope. A conclave is the meeting of the cardinals who vote to choose a new pope. And there's a history of these conclaves lasting several days, sometimes even weeks. I had never before been to Rome, and now the one time that I had the chance to go and see the Pope in the Eternal City, there was a chance that there would be no Pope. So finally, the moment to travel came, there was no Pope in Rome, and my flight would take off on April 18th, 2005, from Detroit, the same day that the conclave began. It was a red-eye flight. I arrived in Rome the following day, April 19th, in the morning, and a couple of members of my community picked me up, and they took me to our parish that is in the suburbs of Rome, so I could say Mass, eat, uh, eat something, and then sleep a little bit, because I had not slept in most of the trial, most of the trip. The plan was to go to Rome in the afternoon of the 19th, and be at St. Peter's Square around, you know, around 6 p.m. for the evening ballot. So we saw the first ballot results on TV around midday, and in fact, the result was that there was no Pope elected. So around 3 p.m., we drove to Rome. We arrived around 4 p.m. Uh, at St. Peter's and went to have a cappuccino at the coffee place right near to St. Peter's Basilica. After our coffee and our snack, we walked through Bernini's colonnade, that's uh, rows of columns that are surrounding the um, St. Peter's Basilica, and we did that around 5.30 and picked a spot where we could see the Pope if he were to be elected. Now, to our amazement, around 6 p.m., the smoke that rose from the chimney at St. Peter's was white. And we could not believe it. So everybody was stunned. But soon after, the bells of St. Peter's Basilica and the bells of all the churches began to 
tall, uh, indicating that the Pope had been elected. And in, this was incredible, right? So, and soon afterwards, our uh, cardinal, the cardinal, came out and proclaimed to all the world, Abemus Papam, that is, we have a Pope. And then we went on to, uh, he went on to say that uh, his name was Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger. And we were ecstatic, right? The, the group of priests that were there, right? And at, the, at that point, everyone around us began to jump uh, like crazy. And we also began to jump because we were uh, beyond, uh, this was beyond our wildest dreams, you know, to be there and to be there to, be, to see, to witness John, uh, Joseph Ratzinger to be elected Pope. This was the first time I had traveled across the Atlantic. It was the first time I was in Rome. It was the first time I went to St. Peter's Basilica. And it happened to be the day to be present at the election of a Pope. So that was one in a lifetime experience. So maybe an hour later, the newly elected Pope came out. They announced his name, Benedict XVI. And he addressed the crowd that had by now, you know, filled the entire square and all the avenue uh, leading to the square. He blessed us and prayed to God that he would be a faithful servant in the vineyard of the Lord. So this is one of the reasons why I thought I'd dedicate this uh, episode to Pope Benedict. Besides, I personally learned a lot through him. There are many uh, reflections and texts, even books already written about his life. So my intention is not to present today a comprehensive analysis of his life and his thought, but some main ideas that stuck out to me about him uh, and his life. So I would say there are two virtues that stand out to me in Pope Benedict. On the one hand, his deep wisdom and incredible knowledge. And on the other hand, his profound humility. Someone, someone said, a cardinal, another cardinal said, I think, um, that he had the knowledge of 10 theologians together and the purity or humility of a child in his first communion. So as far as his wisdom, there's no question that his writings were a great expression of the Catholic truth. They inspired the certainty of the Catholic faith. So typically after reading his writings and his encyclicals, there is a certain light that remains in your mind. Uh, you perceive that you know a bit more about the truth of God. But in this sense, if there are many of his writings that I would recommend you to read and maybe study, I would recommend, first of all, an interview called The Ratzinger Report. It's an interview conducted by Vittorio Messori to the then Cardinal Ratzinger, prefect of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, you know, a, a helper of John Paul II. And he speaks about the difficulties that the church uh, had to go through in the 70s and 80s, which many of them are still uh, current till to this day, right? Um, there's another book that I could recommend, and it's called The Spirit of the Liturgy, in which Benedict XVI expressed his ideas and his love for the Catholic liturgy, the importance of celebrating Mass with reverence, and the importance of understanding the Mass as a sacrifice offered to God the Father. Now, there are many other writings that I could mention, like the three-volume book of Jesus called Jesus of Nazareth, or Introduction to Christianity, or the weekly audiences published in book form on, uh, called Jesus, the Apostles, and the Early Church, the Church Fathers, and St. Paul. So, to all these writings, particularly 
the weekly audiences are very practical and very simple to read. I will put uh, links to those uh, books in the uh, description below in the episode notes. Now, finally, among his encyclicals, all of which are great, uh, I personally liked the one who, that uh, is called Spe Salvi, or Saved by Hope, which in a nutshell reminds us that the salvation of the human race does not come from any human entity or any political system or from any technological dis discovery, but from God himself. You know, salvation means to reach eternal life. Happiness is to reach eternal life. And we can only reach eternal life through Jesus Christ and through the ministry of the Catholic Church. Now, on the other hand, as far as his humility goes, I would like to highlight how in his words, in his attitudes, and in his demeanor, even when governing, he was always very kind, very attentive to what others had to say, and didn't want to attract a lot of attention to himself. Even when he was a cardinal, he would go daily from his living quarters to his office in the Vatican, just as any other person walking, right? Uh, so much so that you could see him walking on his own, and you could greet him as if he were any other priest. But he was probably the most influential individual in the Vatican after the Pope. So there's much more I could say about the late Pope Benedict. But I was especially moved uh, by the heartwarming description that he himself gave of his days as a childhood. And in this sense, I want to give out a shout out to Father Martin Latif, because it is thanks to him that I was reminded of this text. He sent it to me uh, by text the other day. And I read it and I said, oh, this is great, you know, to, to share in the podcast to everybody. So at the uh, 2012 World Meeting of Families in Milan, a seven-year-old girl from Vietnam asked the Holy Father, I would really like to know something about your family and when you were little like me. She was seven years old, seven years old and she wanted to know about the Pope being seven years old. So uh, I took these words here that I will read from the Holy Father's Answers. And because it's a podcast, I took the liberty to add a couple of words here and there to understand better the meaning of the words of the Pope. So the, here's the Pope Benedict in his own words. Thank you, dear, and your parents. Thank you from my heart. Well, you asked about what my memories of my family life are like. There would be a lot. I wanted to say only a few things. Sundays was always the important time for our family. But Sunday already began Saturday evening. Father read the readings of the Mass to us from a book that was very popular in Germany at the time. The book also included an explanation of the readings. That is how Sunday began. We were already entering into the liturgy in a joyful atmosphere. The next day we went to Mass. My home is very close to Salzburg, so we had a lot of music. Mozart, Schubert, Haydn. And when the Kyrie began, it was as if heaven had opened up. At home, the big lunch together was naturally important. And we also sang a lot. My brother is a great musician. He composed music for all of us already as a young man, and the whole family sang. Dad played the zither and sang. Those are unforgettable moments. Then, of course, we took trips together, walking. 
we were near a forest, and so walking in the forests was very nice. Adventures, games, etc. In a word, we were one heart and one soul, with many shared experiences, even in hard times, because it was wartime. First there was the dictatorship, then poverty. But this love we had for each other, this joy, even in the simple things, was strong. And so we were able to overcome and endure even these things. I think that it was very important that even little things gave us joy, because the other person's heart expressed itself in this way. And in this way, we grew up in the certainty that it was good to be a human being, because we saw that God's goodness was reflected in our parents and in us, children. And to tell the truth, if I try to imagine a little how paradise would be, I think always of the time of my youth, of my childhood, in this context of confidence, of joy and love, we were happy. And I think that paradise must be something like how it was in my youth. In this sense, I hope to go home, going to the other side of this world. So that's Benedict's own witness of his own childhood. So what I can draw as a spiritual conclusion from Pope Benedict's legacy for our life. Here are some thoughts. First of all, let us love the church. Let us love its teachings and its liturgy, all of which come from Christ and the apostles. Let us try to learn and delve more deeply into our faith. Let us try to participate in the Holy Mass with reverence, with devotion, to draw more graces from the Holy Mass. Second, from him we can also learn the importance of being humble, even in the midst of greatness, remembering that all good things come from God, and that we from ourselves, we are really nothing. We should live like servants servants of God and servants of our neighbor. So I hope that just as Pope John Paul II and Pope Paul VI were recognized as saints, so too Benedict may be canonized soon, so we can publicly pray to God through his intercession. So thank you for spending some time with me today. If you'd like to send me your favorite memory of Pope Benedict XVI, please write me an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org and if I can, I'll read it in a future episode. Please make sure to follow or subscribe in your preferred platform and if you could, please leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. May God bless you and we will see you next time.